0: Lucas on Life. Hello and welcome to Lucas on Life. I'm Jeff Lucas. For many this week, travel to work, journeys to go on holiday, they've been disrupted or put on hold as national rail strikes have made their impact. The argument between union bosses and Network Rail and London Underground is about pay, pensions and working conditions. And at the moment, it seems that there's stalemate the battle lines have been drawn, and there's a lot of talk, some shouting, but apparently not too much listening going on. When we tune in to Premier Christian Radio, we become listeners. But here's the challenge I'd like us to think about this week. In life, are we listeners? In the New Testament, in James chapter 1, verse 19, we hear these words, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. The trouble is, they don't teach us how to be good listeners at school. There are many things that I learned in school that, frankly, were absolutely useless, at least to me. I've never once used algebra, which is good because I didn't understand it at all. But I've never once had to understand what X is if Y equals 2 times 6 And there are some things I wish they'd added to learning, like how to balance your checkbook, change a flat tire, have a wholesome argument. And another subject surely to be added to the list is the art of listening, because we tend to have a number of false assumptions about listening. We think that listening is just instinctive, so surely we don't need to work at it. And that's wrong. Most of us think that we're better listeners than we actually are. It takes real work to listen because we have to suspend our own needs and pay attention to the other person. And let's face it, the other person may be irritating. They come at us like a a dentist with a noisy drill. And then listening is not just about gathering information, it's about being there, bearing witness, breaking isolation. Listening. Let's learn to do it. It had been a long flight to the USA. Flying back in coach class makes you feel like you've had your legs wrapped around your neck for nine hours and offers food that looks like an aerial view of a farmyard. I'd rented a car and advised the car hire lady that no, I didn't need any instructions on how to operate the car. I knew better. Right. I didn't stop to listen. I drove south into the moonless night, blinking back sleep. It was well after midnight as I arrived in the darkened little Oregon city. I was to stay overnight with a couple, Chris and Jeannie, who had become our closest friends. Parking my car outside their house, I realised that town-wide snoring was in operation. I would need to be very quiet as I unloaded my bags. Seconds later, as I opened the back door of the car, life got very loud a deafening alarm system had been thoughtfully provided in my rental car. It was designed to alert extraterrestrials in other galaxies that a car was being stolen. Surely all over the town, otherwise nice people were waking up swearing. I panicked and began running laps around the car, an excellent strategy for emergency situations like this. The car alarm continued to scream. Inside the house, my friends, hearing the cacophony outside, turned to each other with a knowing smile and said, it does appear that Jeff has arrived. Chris came running out in his socks. He actually was wearing more than just his socks, but you know what I mean. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to America, he said. Quick, hop in the car, he screamed, above the nuclear early warning system that was now screaming from my car bonnet. Having wakened the neighbours in the immediate vicinity... We now proceeded to go on tour through the rest of the town. Lights were coming on in previously darkened houses, and the alarm was getting louder and was now screaming its way through an extended repertoire of deafening melodies from the 80s. We pulled on to the darkened forecourt of a petrol station, our minds racing. Let's disconnect the battery, I said. No, let's check the manual, he said. Let's run some more laps around the car, I said. No, let's call the car hire company, he said. And then Chris glanced at the car keys clutched in my sweaty palm, and his eyes narrowed. Jeff, is there a panic button on that key fob? I replied that yes, there was indeed a button with the word panic written neatly beneath it. And do you think, Jeff, that you might have pressed that button accidentally? Oh, you with the brains of a gerbil. I confirmed that this might possibly have been the case, and I pressed the button again. At last, serene silence broke out as the alarm abruptly died, and a beautiful peace was once again restored. A police car, undoubtedly summoned to the disturbance, cruised by. We ducked behind the dashboard noise criminals on the run. And suddenly, I remembered the kindly lady back at the car hire place who had tried so hard to give me instructions, but I had been too tired, too convinced of my own knowledge, too confident to listen. So let's listen to God. Listen to our friends. Listen to our enemies sometimes too, because they may not like us and their words might come wrapped in an unattractive packaging of unkind criticism, but they may bring us some life-changing truth. Listen, it's better than running laps around the car. We're thinking about the power, the necessity of listening. The BMW was big, startlingly blue, and nothing short of beautiful. I admired it longingly, trying to erase words like covetousness from my mind as I did it belonged to one of my friends. Now, I'm not normally a car fan. I scop at television commercials that feature voluptuous ladies and slogans like Britain's sexiest car. Perhaps there's something wrong with my hormones, but I confess that I've never felt amorously stirred by a couple of tons of metal. But this BMW, it was a beautiful thing. No hint of shimmer or wave could be found in the paintwork, just a flat, gleaming ocean of liquid glass in a rich blue sheen. I eased myself onto the back seat, enjoying the luxurious smell of leather. The car purred as we began our journey. Bumps and potholes in the road ironed out instantly by superb suspension. And then, suddenly, everything went wrong. My friend, the driver, noticed that the normally attentive controls were malfunctioning badly and the trip computer on the dashboard was manifesting in German and made me remember my Bino reading days. Ach Achtang, etc. I could smell oil and felt the need to testify to this fact. I can smell oil, I remarked as casually as I could. Jeannie, sitting in the passenger seat, turned and looked back at me and made a startling assertion. That's not oil, Jeff. Your backside is on fire. It turns out that earlier that day, a new battery had been fitted in the car, which unusually was sighted under the back passenger seat, my seat, Unfortunately, the battery company had installed the wrong model, and so the terminals were sticking up a full inch higher than they should. So, when I planted my evangelical behind on the leather, the seat went down, and the metal frame of the seat connected with the proud terminals, which shorted out. Now, the battery was on fire, and the car's electrical systems were going swiftly into terminal meltdown. We quickly pulled the car over, Jumped out at lightning speed, called the fire brigade, and watched the beautiful machine go up in flames. Seconds later, it was a write off. My friend, the owner of the car, said very graciously that he'd never really liked the car anyway. Hmm. I was stunned by my own lack in the self awareness department because I had been surrounded by smoke. A miniature inferno was gathering heat beneath my rear end, and I hadn't noticed. It was left to my observant friend Jeannie to point out what should have been profoundly obvious. Take a snapshot of that scene and consider a parable. How often are we guilty of being blissfully unaware of the presence in our lives of all kinds of shortcomings, character flaws, and sometimes downright sins— People around us perhaps marvel at our myopia and are stunned that we seem blinded to what is so very apparent to everyone else around us. Hopefully, we'll have the grace to respond with gratitude and kindness when, figuratively speaking, a friend quietly whispers, excuse me, but did you know that your backside is on fire? How many once beautiful lives now look something of a write-off, simply because of a refusal to listen. As we've been reflecting on the necessity of our listening, I've been thinking about one of the most embarrassing experiences of life in ministry. At the end of one of our services, a gentleman came forward to ask me for prayer. Pray for me, Jeff, he said. I just don't feel confident. When I go to parties, people ignore me, and they always forget my name. Suddenly, my mind froze, because at the beginning of our conversation, he'd told me his name, and now I couldn't remember it. I'm about to pray for a man who is frustrated, because no one remembers his name, and I can't remember his name. I couldn't simply say, please, I've forgotten too. It was really, really awkward. Why did this happen to me? It's because I wasn't focused. I didn't give him my full attention. I wasn't listening intently. Awkward, to say the least. So let's be those who listen. And by the way, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me on on LucasOnLife at premier.com org.uk let me know what you think of the show let me know if there are themes that you'd like us to explore when we share these sunday evenings together and tonight thanks so much for listening and this week let's listen our friends they'll surely thank us for that see you next time lucas on life